lock and load. This is GeorgiaCarry.org Radio with Georgia Carry's Executive Director, Jerry Henry. GeorgiaCarry.org is Georgia's no-compromise voice for gun owners. The leader in the fight to reclaim and expand our Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms. Here's your host, Executive Director of GeorgiaCarry.org, Jerry Henry. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to GeorgiaCarry.org radio hour today uh, in beautiful downtown Atlanta. We're um, Today we're not going to talk a whole lot about gun laws. I'll tell you what little I know about them. They're still in the make up there uh, in the Senate right now. We'll probably not come out until uh, early next week. The two bills, uh, HB 282 and, uh, 292 and 280, both have to go to, back to the House because there were changes made in the Senate, and they may wind up in conference committee. I don't expect 292 to wind up in conference committee, but uh, 280 may very well do so. Uh, 406 was not changed, so it will probably go directly to the governor's office for his signature. Today, I have a special guest. He's a friend of mine. He's a friend of yours, and if you've done very much uh, walking around gun shows here in Georgia in the last 20 years probably, you've seen this young man, uh, Roy McLean. He is the president of the Georgia Youth Sports Shooting Foundation. He has uh, basically, uh, it's my understanding, he may want to disagree with him, but he has basically built up the great youth sport shooting program that they have over in uh, Spalding County over in Griffin at the Old Mill Range. And today we're going to talk about a subject that's near and dear to his heart and mine as well, and probably yours also, at least it should be. And that's the youth shooting here in programs here in Georgia. Most people don't realize how many teams that we have here in the state of Georgia that shoot that are high school teams. And here we are complaining, or here we are having people holler because we're thinking about letting allowing guns on campuses, on college campuses, where adults are, and yet we have uh, firearms training and shooting in our uh, elementary school, or in our post-secondary, no, our secondary schools. So I'm going to introduce you now, or let Roy come in and take over and tell you about his program and what he's accomplished in the last uh, 20 years or so, and, and how things are going in Georgia as far as youth shooting programs go. Have at it, Roy. Good morning, Jerry. I really appreciate the opportunity to talk about something that's near and dear to my heart, uh, a passion, I guess you'd say, for quite, quite a while, um, is the youth shooting sports programs in Georgia. And we're probably uh, one of the best-kept secrets in the whole state, um, Sometimes we're our own worst enemy because we don't get out and talk about the great things that are happening and the excitement that really is out there. Um, as, as you mentioned, there are probably 135 uh, plus or minus, depending on the year, high school varsity rifle teams. And that equates to a team that has a coach, regular practice hours, they have organized uh, rules and uh, competition under the Georgia High School Association banner. And uh, what that really means is that just like any of the ball sports, football, baseball, basketball, uh, one of our high school kids that are in the shooting sports would get their letter 
they would be able to, um, to be on that varsity team. And they can talk about it in the same way that any of the other athletes um, would be able to do. Um, there are a number of feeder programs that, that go into that, uh, one of which is the huge 4-H program that we have in Georgia. 139 of the 159 counties have uh, organized shooting sports programs under the 4-H banner at the county level. Um, that's everything from BB gun to air rifle, air pistol, and shotgun. Those events are all contested. Uh, and also archery. And archery is one that we don't doesn't get a lot of attention, but it is just as important as, as all the rest. Another feeder program would be the JROTC. About 550 or so JROTC programs in the state, of which about half of those uh, have organized shooting sports programs, but all of them get marksmanship and safety training. So that's a wonderful opportunity for our youth to get a an exposure and uh, to get safety training that's just not available anywhere else. Um, you know, at the, at the uh, school level. Right. And those JROTC programs uh, also have a national championship, and Georgia generally goes off wherever that happens to be, wins that, and brings those uh, medals and trophies back to Georgia. Yes, they do. Uh, this is uh, one of the things I wanted to, to point out, too. You were talking about this being a varsity sport, which it is, but if you look at the basketball, football, baseball, uh, those teams are given – uh, transportation to and from their their games these the parents have to be involved and they spend a lot of time and effort and money with these children taking them from uh, match to match is that not correct it is uh, some schools will allow the um, the rifle team for example to use a bus but it generally have they have to pay for that and it'll be three or four dollars per uh, per mile that uh, the schools uh, system will recoup out of uh, you know from that team so if they're going to use those those facilities they have to be paid for and right um, well one of the things that that i see that 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 gives us is that the parents who are involved in the sports shooting events with their children have to be closer to their children because they have to spend time with them they have to take them places they have to spend money they have in some cases they have some um uh, quite a bit of sacrifice that they have to do to make sure that these children can go somewhere and be, and I, I say children, they, sh- they should be saying young adults, but uh, at my age, everybody's a child almost. But they <laughs> they spend more time with these ch- these young folks, and uh, that has to be a plus in, in both later lives. Oh, absolutely. And the term we, we generally use uh, is athlete, and that kind of covers the spectrum. Keeps me out of trouble, um, you know, from calling on kids because um, I'm a little older than, than most of their parents are probably as well. Um, but in some cases, this is the only quality time that a parent and, and a ath- young athlete really gets to spend uh, either after school uh, or um, when they go off to a match. Some of these matches are on uh, Thursday evenings after school. And some of them happen to be on weekends if there's a tournament or whatever going on. But uh, it's a great opportunity for parent and a young athlete to spend time together where they may not be able to do that um, otherwise. 
Right. I know I have uh, I spent a little bit of time, uh, not as much as I should have or would like to, over at the Old Mill Range in, in Griffin. And that's where I was kind of introduced to this uh, actual uh, sport itself, other than talking to you and, and listening to you. But in actually seeing the, the uh, people, the, the parents and the, the young athletes, uh, I spent a lot of time or I spent some time over at Old Mill Range. And they have shooting it seems like they have shooting events over there almost, well, at least every, every couple of weeks or so, if I'm not mistaken. And they have some big, they have some big tournaments. And some of you people who are listening that are, might be interested in this or just want to see what we're talking about, run down to Griffin to the Old Mill Range, uh, and, uh, and see what's going on. They have on their website, I believe, the, what matches they're having. That's correct. And, if you want to go to uh, oldmillrangeptc.org, uh, you'd be able to get to that website, and there's a calendar there. And there are about six or seven national-level competitions held there uh, every year. And uh, pretty much every two to three weeks, there's a big competition. Uh, admission's free. Parking is scarce, so you want to uh, try to get there earlier carpool if you can. But uh, they love to have spectators, and one of the uh, the real values that we have with uh, partnering with the VFW and the American Legion posts in the local area, uh, or wherever you happen to be, is that this gives those veterans an opportunity to interact with the younger athletes, and it builds a bond between the ages. Um, it's something that I don't think is talked about nearly enough, but it's very important. I agree with that, and and uh it's it's amazing how much how what kind of a bond building uh shooting sports is i mean it it brings all kinds of people together all ages all sexes all races if you're into shooting it it really brings a tie to everybody absolutely uh, if you just think about what uh, a cross section of of high school uh, and we use the word kids there, happens to be, every one of those is represented in the shooting sports. Um, the 135 or so high school varsity teams, um, along with the uh, 4-H and the JROTC uh, and, and the other uh, organized uh, programs, for example, uh, the GISA program, the Georgia Independent School Association, the SCTPs, that's Scholastic Clay Target Program. Uh, the SPPP, which is Scholastic, uh, I forget the whole acronym there, and then Archery in the Schools, comprise about 100,000 athletes. And those are noses we can count. Um, about 100,000 athletes in any given year. And that does not include the scouts. Scouting numbers are a little more difficult to come by. But if you add in all the scout programs for safety, marksmanship training, competitions are conducted, you would have about 200,000 kids or young athletes in the state of Georgia that are involved in these programs. And it's just it's amazing to see the transformation where a kid doesn't have a, maybe they're not a traditional athlete, they're not the fastest, they can't jump as high, um, they can't do all of those things that maybe an, a different athlete might be able to do. Right. But the shooting sports levels the playing field, right. and 
boys and girls competing together and against each other. It's just amazing to see how that works. Right. Um, Roy, let me interrupt you there in a minute. We, we've got to hold that thought until after we come back from this commercial break. Uh, we will be back in, a, in just a few minutes. Before we leave here, before I leave here, I want to remind you, georgiacarry.org is our website. At georgiacarry is our Twitter feed. My Twitter feed is at gotyearback 64 and we will be right back. And now, back to georgiacarry.org radio with georgiacarry.org's executive director, Jerry Henry. Well, here we are back again with Roy McLean. Uh, as he was saying just before the break, uh, we have somewhere an estimated of uh, over 200,000 uh, young adults in and students in the state of Georgia that are involved in shooting sports. I think that that number would shock the majority of the people in this country or in this state if they knew it. Uh, it's it's amazing what that has done for these people. Is And tell us a little bit about how they get started into the shooting program, Roy. Well, there are a number of entries. Um, so the probably the, the first one that people would have an opportunity to be involved with would either be scouts or 4-H. Uh, the scouting programs are traditionally around their summertime uh, activities. Uh, you know, the, these uh, youngsters, young scouts go off to camp. And it's Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts, by the way. I want to be clear about that. It's, it's, it's gender neutral. Right. Uh, they'll get some safety training at, at the summer camp, and then they'll get a chance to, uh, to be involved and to be exposed to the different sports. And so then by the time they get to high school, a lot of the kids will go into into, uh, ROTC where they may be on one of the uh, 4-H club teams, and then they try to make a varsity team. But the 4-H program is the second uh, probably most popular, and um, there are, again, 139 to 159 counties have shooting sports programs. You would call your county extension office, talk to the 4-H program, person there and uh, they would tell you when the uh, the training would be and it starts off with safety marksmanship and then competition uh there is a state championship that 4-h holds every year and um, generally the the uh, shotgun uh events will encompass about 12 to 1500 kids at the state championship the bb gun state championship uh will generally have about a 900 to 1,100 kids that are there, and the rifle and pistol programs are a little smaller. But I, I want to take a, a moment just to thank GCO for their tremendous support of not only the BB Gun State Championship, but also uh, the Georgia High School State Championship, where we all pay for the awards and, and our sponsors for those events. Uh, we can't do what we do without you, and we really appreciate it. Well, it, it's been a joy for us to see these young folks uh, accomplish what they've accomplished. Uh, a while ago, you said something about uh, gender neutral. Uh, it's general ne- gender neutral. However, I noticed one thing about uh, the gender. There seems to be a gender gap in the winners. <laughs> well, there are. And uh, so about 80% of the, uh, the shooting sports programs that we, uh, we look at at the very high level 
are male and about 20% are female. But when you start looking at the top 10 are the all-state teams at uh, Georgia High School, uh, that group, the GCO sponsors the awards of the GCO all-state team. Uh, Well, almost um, from year to year, be 50 to 60% female. So 20% of the population is producing 50 to 60% of the top-tier athletes. That's correct. I was surprised at that when I saw that. In fact, uh, when we gave our first awards out, which I believe was three years ago, when we gave our first awards out, the state champion that year set a record for uh, the match and uh, was the captain of the All-State team, and she was a sophomore, if I remember correctly. That is true, and and we're seeing them uh, get to those very high levels uh, at, at much younger ages, and I think it's because they just don't know that uh, it's supposed to be difficult. Uh, I work with a number of, of youth in uh, Georgia as well as Virginia, where I'm currently uh, stationed. And um, there in Virginia, we have a young lady who's uh, 15, just turned 15, and her average score is 99 point something, depending wow. on the day. And any time you can, you can produce uh, results that are near 100 or near perfect, uh, it's just a, hard to imagine you know, how, how difficult that is and, and where these youngsters are going to go. Uh, generally, the USA wins the first gold medal of every Olympic right. air rifle. We've done that five times now. And I would expect over the next 15, 20 years, that you're going to see women's air rifle and women in general uh, bringing home gold medal and certainly hardware from every Olympics for the next 20 years. Yes, that would not surprise me at all. Uh, I've have said before in the past, and you can disagree with me if if you think I'm wrong, but the reason that I believe that the girls do better or the females do better in the shooting, especially at the earlier ages, is because they listen to you. Most of us young men – so to speak, we uh, we already know it, and you know you don't you don't really have to bug me. Just just let me show you what I can do. Where the the young ladies will listen, and when you tell them what to do, they do it. Well, I always get in trouble with my male athletes when I say those sort of things, but I just remind them that you have to be focused, and uh, the uh, young men are able to do that when they really you know put themselves to it, but. Right. Uh, Young ladies generally mature a little faster, and uh, somewhere in their mid-20s, they catch up, and, uh, you know, we'll just kind of leave it all at that. But the young well, ladies can absolutely do this sport. They do it at a very high level, and uh, some of the top uh, athletes that we have across the nation are female. Right. So, I was. Uh, I'll try to get you off the hook on that one. I uh, I was speaking of myself and uh, what my wife has told me over the last forty five years uh, that I do not listen, and if I would listen, it'd be a whole lot easier on the first go round. So uh, I'll I'll take that hit and uh, try to get that that heat off your back. Uh, <laughs> uh, <clears throat> is there any? Well, maybe we've got about three minutes here. Uh, two minutes. Uh, and I want to get into uh, what what can you expect or what what is the possibility of a, a young person 
starting into shooting, where can they end up? Can they uh, maybe get a scholarship or something along those lines? Is it, you know, is it just shooting for trophies? What are we really? What can we really do, and what can we accomplish by uh, use shooting programs? Absolutely. Um, every young athlete that uh, that really applies themselves and works hard is eligible and, and likely to get some part of a scholarship. Uh, we only have two colleges in Georgia, North Georgia and Georgia Southern. They currently have NCAA programs. We'd love to see more. Um, I'd love to, to have a, a conversation with the UGA since they have the, uh, the land-grant college, and that's where the 4-H program resides. Love to have a conversation to try to get a rifle team at UGA. Um, but there is a, a lot of money available uh, for someone who's in, the, in those sports to be able to help them pay for college. And uh, that's something that we, we really need to work harder on. And, and I know you and I have had a number of conversations about possibly having GCO sponsor scholarships. We'd like to continue those conversations and just see where we can go with it. Yeah, we'll do that if you'll if you'll move back to Georgia. I, I, as soon as I can get back, I'm a coming coming home. I know that. Uh, we're going to have to take a little break here, uh, and then we'll come back with Roy to discuss uh, a few more things. We still got a couple of segments. Want to remind you that you're listening to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio Hour on 11:60 a.m. Uh, go to GeorgiaCarry.org. Uh, Join if you're not a member. If you are a member and need to renew, renew, uh, and just see kind of what we've done. Our podcasts are available there as well as at 1160newstalk.com. We'll be right back. And now, back to GeorgiaCarry.org radio with GeorgiaCarry.org's executive director, Jerry Henry. Uh, we're back. Uh, welcome back to GeorgiaCarry.org radio hour. Jerry Henry with uh, my good friend Roy McLean, who is currently up in Virginia. Uh, this uh, We're having to interview him by telephone today because he, he could not be with us and he had too many uh, other things on his plate to make a special trip down here, although I'm sure he would if he could have. Uh, I know he likes the weather down here much better than he does up there. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> uh, we were talking about uh, scholarships. Is uh, name some some uh, good big colleges, some good sized colleges or universities who offer shooting programs and scholarships? Well, there there are quite a few of them actually. Um, um, my daughter went to Ole Miss on a, on a rifle scholarship. Uh, Kentucky has a big program. West Virginia is currently the national champion 19 times now, I believe. Uh, University of Alaska, uh, Kentucky, um, Murray State, um, Memphis State. There are, um, I want to say, about 60 different programs out there have collegiate um, shooting sports. MIT. In fact, I think all of the Ivy League schools have at least pistol teams, and many of them have pistol and rifle teams. Mm. Of course, all the service academies. Uh, but there are, there are a number of programs, and this is a way for an athlete to get blue-chipped, and that means that they don't have to go through the full uh, selection process. Um, if they're selected as an athlete to one of the, the uh, service academies, um, it's it's 
pretty much a straight road to get in there. And uh, there are a lot of benefits and perks uh, that those athletes get. For example, uh, on the range, they uh, typically are allowed to have their music, uh, uh, cell phones, things like that, where many of the other athletes or other uh, uh, folks that are at those academies aren't allowed those. Um, also, as a recruited athlete, you typically don't have to stand in line to wait for your books or to, to get class schedules and things. That's all taken care of. Mm-hmm. So being a recruited athlete is a really big deal. Yes, I, I would think it is. I was never good enough to be recruited in anything, but uh, I would, I've would i seen a, a lot of people and know a lot of people that have, and, and you're right. It, it does, uh, does cut out a whole lot of the standing in lines and waiting for this. Um, and I, I think that uh, that is important for people to understand too that you can get a good scholarship to a good school uh and uh get a good education on, and enjoy something that you really uh, or enjoy doing something that you really love and that's shooting you get to shoot you have to shoot basically to stay in school on your scholarship and i right. think that's that is uh, an outstanding feature of that one of the things that uh, that brings to mind Jerry is the community and from the youngest uh, person who comes into one of our programs and, you know, all the way through the coaches and, and people who help support our programs, the thing that we really promote is community. We want to make sure that our kids are hanging out with other good kids. It's not uncommon on a Friday night to go to one of our uh, high school ranges and see uh, you know, these teenagers working hard, trying to, you know, get better at the sport trying to help their fellow teammates get better. Um, so the families, you know, we, we eat together, we have picnics together, we we go to matches. There's Traditionally there's uh, food and things laid out. So it, it is all about building the community and, and being around, you know, other folks who are, uh, are like-minded. And I just think it's a great family uh, environment, Um uh, that I really support. Yes, and it's also about uh, building good citizens because when Absolutely. you when you spend that kind of time, quality time with people, and these these young athletes are extremely serious. I mean, they have fun, but when they step up to that line, it's showtime, and they're extremely serious about what they do and how they do it. And it's not it's not okay for them to get almost in the center. They need to be in the center, and that's them driving them. That's not parents standing here behind them. you got to do this, you got to do that. These uh, young uh, athletes are doing it themselves, and they're the ones that want to improve the, themselves. And I have met some, some really, really nice families over at, uh, at Old Mill Range during some of these uh, presentations that I've made with, uh, with the children. And uh, I am pretty sure that I will continue to to know these people. And when I see these people out, we will have a talk and a discussion about how well their children are doing. And I know you must have thousands of people that come up and and do the same thing with you. Well, I'm just privileged and and so blessed to to have the opportunity to, to, you know, kind of help. And, uh, you know, one of the main things that I do, and maybe we have a moment here to chat about, is, grants and fundraising, mm-hmm. um, uh, I really try to spend a lot of time uh, and, and a lot of energy actually working there because that's the piece that I saw that, that seemed to be 
lacking. And so I jumped in and tried to fill that gap. We have a lot of really good coaches, and we have people who, who help the program in other areas. But raising money um, is, is not the most difficult thing that we do, but it's probably one of the more important ones. Um, so I just, if I could for just a second, sure. just chat about the Georgia Youth Shooting Sports Foundation. Um, in 2014, uh through uh, generous grants from the Potterfield family through the Midway USA Foundation, uh, we were able to bring $38,000 to Georgia to youth uh, shooting sports programs. That uh, number has continued to go up, and this year um, we were able to uh, secure just under $300,000. Uh, 100% of that goes into Georgia youth shooting sports programs, and through, again, generous grants and generous uh, the generosity of the Potterfield family and the Midway USA Foundation, um, there are about $100 million in endowment uh, for programs. Much of that, uh, again, is available to Georgia programs. The six major targeted groups that GYSSF tries to help and to fund, uh, of course, rifle, pistol, shotgun, archery, but also hunting education and conservation, and then education for instructors, for example, uh, range officers. We do CPR classes, first aid, buddy care, all of those kinds of things, because that's the pieces that, that wouldn't necessarily be easy for a program to, to get on their own. So we try to help provide that. Mm-hmm. Well, it sounds like you're doing uh, a pretty good job to me. Well, we're trying. Uh, Think about it, the hunting industry provides about $35 billion a year in economic impact, and the shooting sports is an additional 10 or so billion uh, dollars, and those numbers come from the National Shooting Sports Foundation. But that's almost $50 billion a year that uh, is available, and I'll tell you that the times like these are when um, these programs need to get healthy, because in the lean years, when we have uh, maybe an administration that is uh, shooting sports friendly, right. then uh, you know we want to make sure that we've got a, a nice nest egg to carry us through those those uh, leaner times. Oh yes, definitely so. Uh, one of the things I wanted to point out too, talking about about fundraising, uh, we have a member in South Georgia, James Rankhorn in uh, Valdosta, and he got to talking to some people about uh, BB gun shooting a 4-H team down there. And he uh, helped form a team, uh, which he came to us, asked us for help, you know, what could we do. And uh, I now have, I think, seven uh, BB guns over at my house, some of the, you know, the expensive ones that y'all <laughs> use. I have seven of them at my house that I'm I'm ready to have engraved so that we know who's who gave them and so forth, and then send them down to James. He's very excited about this. We're excited about this because, as you and I have discussed, we've had trouble getting our toehold in with uh, 4-H. And I believe, and I believe you believe, that if we can get these young adults in to Georgia Carey into the gun rights organizations uh, before or while they're still young, then they will remain that way from now on. Uh, I, I, again, going back to those BB gun programs, that's where a lot of it starts in uh Getting that safety and marksmanship training early uh, fixes a lot of problems that we don't have to encounter yes, later in life. 
Yes, and and the training program is one of the things that I like, too. I have said for some time, and you and I have discussed it, we need to come up with some way to have the state offer gun safety courses in all of our public schools because whether you want to believe it or not, whether you like it or not, your children are going to see firearms. They're going to run into a firearm. They need to know what to do if they see one. They don't need to be... uh, guessing at what they need to do what does this thing do and bang somebody's in trouble so uh, we need to we need to push for more of that now i'm going to go back to what i originally thought was i was supposed to be doing at this time and that's i'm going to take a commercial break here uh we'll be back in uh, just a few minutes we're we're uh org. don't forget georgiacarry.org join join up uh renew uh, follow us at uh, on Twitter at Georgia Carey, and I'm at Got Your Back 64. We will be right back. And now back to GeorgiaCarey.org Radio with GeorgiaCarey.org's Executive Director Jerry Henry. Welcome back to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio Hour. Uh, once again, I'm with uh, Roy McLean. Uh, this is our last segment for today. And um, I think a good thing, Roy, might be if, if you could just kind of tell us what you were able to accomplish over at the Old Mill Range in, uh, in Griffin. Well, um, sort of like you're talking about right now, we started off with six broken BB guns and uh, a lot of interest. And, and a little bit of uh, um, blood, sweat, and tears, as it were. Mm-hmm. Um, so we started in about 1999, I guess it was, and um, we've built the program to um, kind of what it is today. Um, just got electronic targets, so we'll have um, everything uh, in place now to train uh, athletes from the youngest that comes through the door to uh, people who are interested in trying to make an Olympic team, or even uh, the Olympic team does sometimes come out and train at different uh, centers. Um, the Old Mill Range is a certified training center under USA Shooting, and that means that uh, it is a theater program for the Olympic program. Um, we have uh, very high-level coaches. There are three different levels, level one, two, three, and then there's the National Coach Development Staff, we have coaches at, at every level available to help um, folks wherever they may be. One of the main things that we do is we give kids or young athletes a uh, safe environment in which to come and you know be with their friends, learn about shooting sports, safety marksmanship training, and then to uh, have healthy competition and uh, give them a, a way to kind of release some of that energy and and be involved with a really wholesome sport. Well, you know, one of the things that, that's thrown up to us all the time about uh, guns on campus, et cetera, is that it makes it, when you bring guns into a place where you got young adults, uh, it makes it a very dangerous place. How many people have been shot at, at that we know of in the, any of the school shooting programs? None. Zero. Huh. I wonder why. You would think, because according to built in <laughs> yeah well according to our our gun prohibition uh, groups you know 
Uh, that should be the most dangerous place in the world because every kid over there has got a firearm. Well, and yet, I, I mean, we've talked about these numbers a couple of times, but 139 county programs, 550 JROTCs, 135 plus or minus high school varsity programs. That doesn't include all the shotgun programs, which they don't typically have uh, a range on the on the school campus. But those are high school kids who go and compete with shotgun and um, have awards banquets and things right. like that in the school. Right. So there are hundreds, well, I guess it would be tens of thousands of opportunities for uh, our young athletes to be involved with guns on campus or around campus uh, every day. Yes. And I, I think uh, I think what this leads back to is the, the fact that nobody's uh, been shot, they don't have accidental discharges, et cetera, is because people... Uh, are trained properly from a young age, and that's what we need to do with all the youngsters. That's what I've done with mine. That's what I've done with my grandkids. That's what I know you've done with your children. And uh, they need to know these things because no matter what happens, like I said, somebody's going to see a firearm at some point in time, and it's best if you know what to do with it, what to leave, you know, how to leave it alone, or or what to do, who to talk to, etc. Like the Eddie Eagle program or something along those lines to tell somebody what's going on or make sure that nobody touches that firearm unless they're qualified to touch it. Oh, I completely agree. And I'd love to see the state legislature take that up and, uh, and, you know, build a program that they could offer to the school systems. And I think it could do so much good. And, you know, if it just saves one child, then it would probably be worth whatever it would cost. Oh, I agree with that wholeheartedly. And, and I think that, uh, I think that it's something should be done. I have begun discussing that a little bit around the Capitol to see if we can't try to get something done. But that's a, uh, that's probably going to be harder than getting guns on campus because uh, the the same the same feeling is by a lot of people is that guns are dangerous. Guns are going to hurt people. Anytime you put a gun in there, somebody's going to get hurt. We know that's not the case. We see it every day. But uh, it's going to be a, a a tough go. But I'm willing to attack it, and I think you probably are too. Well, I have to be careful because we're a not-for-profit, and uh, that's a a political thing. But uh, if anybody wanted to talk about it and what the possibilities of creating such a program, I would definitely love to have that conversation. Okay. Uh, Now, Old Mill Range, uh, where did the name come from? Well, it's actually an old mill, and... uh, the building that we're currently in was built in about 1880 there in Griffin. It was a buggy factory. Uh, the uh, leather and, and uh, hardware were built down in uh, Barnesville and then shipped up to uh, to Griffin, where they were mated up with wagons and buggies and shipped out west, which in the 1880s would have meant St. Louis. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and uh, so we have a very rich tradition, a rich history in that building. It's a little under 300,000 square feet. Uh, we have 52 uh, firing points for air gun and BB. We have uh, 14 50-foot small bore points, and then we have 10 50-meter uh, small bore, which means 22 mm-hmm. uh, points, where we can shoot all indoors, and so we can handle any competition from BB gun to uh, an Olympic qualifying match. Um, in fact, we have some internet matches. Uh, had one last year with a German club where we just pop up on the internet 
using Google. I forget the whole mm-hmm. how that exactly works. But you could see the German team. They could see us. We could hear each other. And so, again, I go back to that community. You know, we're building our community, including our German you know, friends that we've made over the Internet, having a rifle match right and if i remember correctly those uh those scores were done computerized as well so uh, you saw what the scores were right away and there was no there's no way that anybody could say no this was a 10 or this was a one or what have you it's (laughs) there and and you know hundreds of thousands of miles away you're sitting there having a match and that that is one of the nice things that i like about that if somebody came down to uh old mill one day when y'all were having a a range or having a, a match, uh, would they be able to get maybe a, a condensed tour of it, depending on who's there to give it? Oh, absolutely. And and uh, one of the things that we do again, we're we're terrible at uh, at advertising, um, so uh, we take every chance we can. We talk to the uh, uh, folks when they come in, come through, and show them all of the different facilities. But we, you know, we like to talk to that young person, and we we. Very, from the very beginning, from day one, when they walk through the doors, we talk about goal setting, and we talk about laying out a plan to get from where you are to where you want to be. That doesn't generally happen in that child's life anywhere else, uh, certainly not at the ages that we're starting to right. interact with. Right, not and, at that uh, age. Good. And that's, that's a lot of fun because it's like teaching a child to read. You just see the lights come on and their eyes start to gleam and, and they get it and it's something they can do and they own it and they have a great time with it. Yeah. Well, like I said, I know I know the, the ones that I've been around are, are extremely nice nice uh, adults, young adults. And the families are the same way. I mean they're those they're the salt of the earth, as I, I like to say. They're uh, if you need them they're there. If they saw you broke down on the side of the road, they'd probably stop and help you, especially if they knew who you were. They, they certainly wouldn't run by you. Uh, but um, in you uh, now, when you started off at the old mill, it was just, uh, if I remember correctly, it was kind of a dusty old place that needed a whole lot of work. Oh, yeah. There was tons of trash, and it's a basement, so it was damp and musty and moldy. And uh, we spent about a year and a half or so uh, cleaning it out and cleaning it up and turning it into what it is today. And each year, the Saturday after uh, Christmas, we have a reunion, and some of the kids that have gone on to do other some some of them really cool things um, come back to visit and and meet their friends and all. And, and the first thing that they all say is, "Well, we didn't have all this when I was here," and, and so it's an evolution. Yes. Um, but it's a lot of fun, and, and it's just great to see some of those those athletes that I saw as 10, 15-year-old uh, young kids now are coming back with their families, mm-hmm. and, and that's just a really neat thing. Oh, yeah, especially it, it's nice to have that second generation come back, knowing that if the second generation comes back, there's probably going to be a third generation. And it's it's just a life, life-building experience the way I see it. It's it's. I have been over there. I have taken a tour now. It's probably time for me to take another tour because it's been uh, three or four years since I had the tour. So I don't know everything that you've done uh, behind the scenes. I can tell what you've done out, out front. But uh, it is a place that's well worth your time to go visit. And if you can get over there when Roy is there, uh, it's, it's a, it'll be a tour that I will assure you that you will enjoy. Uh, well, let me get- 
go to uh, contact Lisa Kelly is is running things. Mm-hmm. She's doing a wonderful job, and you can reach Lisa at the 4-H office, and that number is seven seven zero four six seven four two two five. That's seven seven zero four six seven four two two five at the Spalding County 4-H Extension office. Right, and Lisa is the one that actually does the the uh, the work around there the way i remember it you you lisa, gave the tours and she kept it running lisa is the glue that holds everything together we can't run that place without lisa kelly I yes i i agree with that well we're we're coming up towards the, the close of another show uh, i have really enjoyed talking to you today roy and i hope that everybody got a good feeling and a good understanding of what goes on in the shooting programs here in the state of Georgia in our high schools as well as other places. Uh, and I'm uh, going to be, uh, we'll be back next week. I'm not sure who my guest is going to be because of uh, all the the uh, work that has to go on the Capitol this next week. We have two more days, uh, legislative days at the Capitol, and we need to to spend some time on there. In the meantime, don't forget georgiacarry.org, www.georgiacarry.org, uh, and you can hear our uh, podcast commercial free here on 1160.com. We will see you next week. Thanks for listening to georgiacarry.org radio, hosted by Georgia Carry's executive director, Jerry Henry. GeorgiaCarry.org is Georgia's no-compromise voice for gun owners. Join us each week for information on protecting your Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms. GeorgiaCarry.org Radio, Saturday mornings at 8 only on News Talk 1160, the talk of the town.